gases fill the streets. It's up to two men who bring order to the chaos. Hello everyone, it's the Hardcasters. It's the podcast that just shoots first and asks questions later from the hip and uh, without asking first. Um, it's for us, it's uh, our first podcast back after the break. But for you guys who live in a different time zone to us, um, you're probably listening to this somewhere into the far future where the world has properly gone to shit um and uh you know 2021 has proved that 2020 was merely just kind of diet apocalypse as opposed to uh the full fat nightmare we're living in now i am as always dominic diplomat i don't go by any other name honestly um and sat visually uh, in front of me but many many miles away from his survival outpost is Dick Versage. Hello. Hello. Um, yes, 2021 is basically like 2021 is 20, 2021ers, 2020's bigger dicker brother. Like, he's someone who's like, oh, you met this brother, he's a knobhead. And then 2021 comes on the corner, and like, oh, God, he's worse. He's worse. Yeah. He's Simon Gruber to Hans Gruber. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. What yeah. a prick. 2020 <laughs> was Die Hard. 2021 is Die Hard with a Vengeance. And right yeah. now... Me and Dick are, you know, faffing about on a boat with having just slid down a metal cable um, and we're fucked. Yeah, absolutely. I can't even find any paracetamol. That's how bad it's got. That's how bad it's got. But anyway, you'll you'll find all this out. Um, So today we are going to go straight back to basics. We're talking about The Last Boy Scout. um, And we both sat and watched this last night, right, Dick? No, I didn't watch that. You didn't watch it? No. I didn't think we were doing that. What What did you watch? I watched something completely different. Well, okay, so you know we were going to do something kind of big and prestige and loaded with classic action stars. So what, what film did you watch? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I watched I watched a film with, with, you know, you'll know the action stars, the names. It, so I'll tell you what, let me, before I go to the title, let's see if you can guess it by the roll, roll call of action okay. stars. Give me one at a time and I'll try and guess. Norris. Okay, so is it uh, Delta Force? No, it's not. Okay. What? Uh, who? Are, okay, give me another. Swayze. Another. Norris and Swayze. Yeah. It might be something earlier then. Chuck Norris is in an uncommon valor, but Swayze is. Well, you might have stumped me here. Go on. Who else? McQueen. McQueen, not Steve McQueen. McQueen. <laughs> McQueen, Norris and Swayze in a movie together. Together in this a movie. sounds too good to be true. I'll give you one more. Go on in. Drago. Well, that doesn't narrow it down because he's in every action. I mean, clearly this is going to be straight to straight to video or TV. Straight, straight to Betamax, this one. Straight to Betamax with Swayze, Norris... And McQueen. I don't know. You may have stumped me here. I'm sure I would have heard of this. What's yeah. it called? Uh, well, I'll tell you what. There's a little drum roll. Yeah. Death Ring. Death Ring. Death 
been. I'm pretty sure I'd be aware if if McQueen had star had starred in. A now film I'll stop you Death. there. It's not actually Steve McQueen. It's Steve McQueen's son. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Chad McQueen. <laughs> Uh, all right, okay. And it's not actually Patrick Swayze either. It's his brother, Don Swayze. Right. Is Chuck Norris in it? No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Chuck Norris's son. It's Chuck right. Norris's son, Mike Norris. All right. And Billy, is, it Marty, Billy, Ma, is it Martin Drago? No, Billy Drago's in it, so... Oh, so know. he's... <laughs> all right. He's there. Okay. And you watched that yeah. over... Okay. Well... Right, well, I mean, logic dictates that clearly we don't talk about Last Boy Scout, but it's both, you know, despite the fact we've both seen it know it, and instead we talk about this random film that you've picked that I've not seen. <coughs> Death Ring. And I know nothing about. <laughs> Death Ring. Death so, Ring. first of all, on <laughs> Pitch some... it to me. Why, 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 what you pitched to me, why we should talk about Death Ring and not Last Action Hero. Okay. Or Last <clears throat> Boy Scout, even. Well, the word ensemble is French for bastards. We all know that. So yeah. this film is an ensemble piece full of yeah. bastards. So bad four bastards. Ba four bastards. Four bastards and full of bastards. All right? Yeah. So, Death Ring. <clears throat> so it starts off in a... Like an Iron Man challenge, we, we've, we've plunged into the, <clears throat> the final stages of an Iron Man challenge where right. uh, we meet Mike Norris... Uh, who okay. is um, playing a character called Matt Collins? Matt it Collins. doesn't sound the sexiest actually name. I'll grant you that. <clears throat> no, but, Matt but then Col Mike Norris isn't exactly the. I mean, once you take Chuck out, yeah. Norris is as bland a name as Collins. I mean, he he is a bit bland. He might as well call Peter Biscuit. <laughs> John John <laughs> Wafer. <laughs> Billy Watercrest. Anyway, he <laughs> is in the throes of completing an Iron Man challenge. So we, we kind of plunged into the, 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 the climax of a uh, Iron Man challenge where obviously... What, what's, what stage is he at? Is he doing swimming? Is he riding a bike? Pole run, vaulting? He's running. Oh, okay. Um, the most he, dynamic of all the... Yeah, he, he, the he was. He, there was a clip of him coming down a mountain with a... To be fair, again, he wasn't doing it barehanded, which he was a bit disappointed, but he was doing it with a rope. Also, just abseiling. Yeah. Not wanking. That, 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 like a, the, the international oh. symbol for wanking. You said he was coming down a mountain. <laughs> he was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then he came. Um, so he, he he's in the death... He wins, you know, spoiler alert, he wins the Iron Man challenge. Um, okay. And I think Is that the end of the film? Yeah. This is just a, an hour sequence of him. <laughs> no, he was... So this is... Uh, credits so this is a bit of cold open and the credits are rolling as he's winning mm -hmm. on the sidelines we see uh, <clears throat> his friend who is played by Chad McQueen uh, who is known as Skylord as we find out a bit later on Skylord? Skylord yes. Is he from space? Yes you know he wears like a denim vest that's you know that's, that's the, as much as Space ex. denim? No, it's just oh. American denim. Um, <clears throat> and we see. Uh, I'm a, writing American denim down as a name for American a film, denim. Um, <laughs> and we meet uh, his. Also, it's a bit weird because we meet uh, his friend, who's clearly his best friend, Skylord, and there is a, a lady kind of stood next to him, getting all excited. Um, 
and her name is Lauren. Um, and it feels like, are they together? But it turns out that Lauren is the girlfriend of uh, Mike Collins, the um, Chuck Norris's son's character. And it turns out that Skylord's one of the kind of the the the, the friend that just is always around, but he's a bit shit. He he's a bit of a drunk, and um, you know, kind of Mike Norris looks after him a little bit. Um, and he's fallen asleep drunk, but then we get the exposition of why um, Mike Norris, aka Matt Collins, keeps him around because he saved his ass in uh, an, an overseas conflict, and apparently he's the best damn pilot. The, the world has ever known. Well, of he's a, he a lord of the skies. Exactly. So, you know, if he's titled. And then there's that kind of weird scene where, uh, you know, the kind of his Sky Lord, his drunken friend, has fallen asleep, yeah, snoring away in the middle of the bar, and um, he's off dancing with his, his lady, um, dancing away. But it's that kind of American thing where there's a bar and they're dancing. In the, around kind of the jukebox, but everyone's just getting pissed and getting a bit leery. And it's just a bit like, if you did that in a pub, you'd just be like, what are you doing? Sit down. Stop mm. dancing. I'm trying to have a pint here. It felt a bit like that. So it looks yeah. a bit weird. But then uh, this big kind of obnoxious shit says, cuts in and goes, my go. And then we see um, Mike Norris bust out a few kind of moves. A little bit kind of Chuck-esque, but not like... Does Does it appear that um, he can do some karate, or does he look like he's pretending? He can do a bit. Um, it's mainly it's mainly got two moves he can do, which is a kind of roundhouse and a couple of quick punches to the abdominal area. Um, I, I don't want to jump ahead, and I, I don't want to keep interrupting. But I'm just just to help me picture. See, I think I know what Don Swayze looks like. Is it me, or does he look a little bit like Patrick Swayze, but with a bit more of a scrunched face? Yes. It's like got... there's a crease in the middle of it, and it's folded in on itself a little bit. Yes. Like a bit, bit Gobbling-esque, yes. kind of. It's a bit like uh, <laughs> they've put him in a kiln oven. Like Patrick Swayze in a kiln oven, and he's melted a little bit, and they've taken him yeah. out. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I can't picture that. So can you describe, what does Mike, does Mike Norris look like Chuck Norris? See, it's weird, because Chuck Norris has got a beard. Mm. If you took the beard away from Chuck Norris, he, 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 he tell you, he looks like a fetus of Chuck Norris. You know, if they clone someone in the lab, yeah. and you know they they kind of wipe the glass and they go, "Oh, that one's not right. He's not got a beard." Mm. Um, that's his face. He's kind of got a very very bland face. Like there's no expression about it. It's almost like the yeah. beard has taken away all character from his face. Oh no. Okay. Now I've I've also got up. I've got the poster up here, the cover. Yes. Um, and so I'm looking at the three actors here. <laughs> so. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, so is this is this Norris? That's Norris in Junior in the middle. Yeah. So he he does look like a kind of um, custard cream, just like the blandest biscuit in the. Tin. But that's not even his haircut in the film. That's longer. His hair in the film is he's kind of like a bit spiky, and he, he even to eat. Kind of that gives him a little bit of character, but the short hair, you know, wipes even more. But yeah, he's very bland. Yeah. Now, I will say that I think I've been a little bit unfair with Don Swayze. I mean, he's not Patrick Swayze, Mm. and there's something odd about him, but he's not hideous. No, but he has got a little face. And when you're watching the film, you can't really take your eyes away. He's not in it a lot, actually. It looks like, judging by that picture, he's got quite a big role. He yeah. really hasn't. 
It's it's, yeah. it's 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 quite a bit of a shit role, to be fair. Um, What's McQueen's first name? Chad McQueen. Oh, it's Chad McQueen. Yes. Um, Chad McQueen. I, I wouldn't have sort of no. I wouldn't have picked him as as being related to to McQueen. He's here. He's looking very Fonz like. Yeah, I mean, obviously that there's no denim westcoat in that picture. Yeah, um, you know, which is is a bit of a shame. Um, Billy Drago seems to look like just a bit bewildered and confused in this picture. <laughs> that was the look on my face when you ex- we started explaining this film. Um, and there's a helicopter exploding as well, which I, I well a helicopter and an explosion on what looks like a kind of Hawaiian mountain or something. Um, does that happen? Kind of. It's on. It's on an island. It's set on an island. Um, That's good. So essentially, um, carry on. I, I sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the you, kind of the intro and then kind of go r- around the plot. So we get outside the bar and we've kind of clearly seen that he's you know this this guy can do the business, um, and then we kind of see in the background uh, it cuts to a kind of hilltop mansion. And this is where we meet Billy Drago's character, who is playing a character called Donton Vax. Um, Vax. <clears throat> Vax. Wow. Yeah. So he's he's full on cream suit, blue shirt, tie, kind of big. Again, we've talked about Billy Drago before. He looks really creepy. He acts really creepy. He is really creepy. He's like just someone you say to your kids. That's Uncle. You know, Uncle Derek. Don't mm. go! Don't go near Uncle Derek. Yeah, just you know, he's 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 got a few issues. He's Uncle, you know, he's the dodgy, you, you know, Uncle Nobed kind of character. He's just very yeah. creepy and a bit odd. Uh, <clears throat> and we meet him kind of reclining in his chair. Um, I'm watching this sports event now. You know, this sports event looks like anything you'd watch on Grandstand or you know the BBC where someone fairly fit wins a race. Yeah. Um, but then we see that uh, Billy Drago he sits up in his chair and goes, "This is the guy we're looking for." Gets on a gets on the blower, gets on the phone, and kind of says a few code words over the phone. So we know he's a shit. And we know something's going down. Yeah. And he's got this kind of <clears throat> Vietnamese assistant who she's kind of quite a badass, but um, she kind of you know kills people as well. So. Um, he turns around to her and says, this is the guy we want, and then fires an arrow at her, um, <laughs> which misses her, you know, by a few millimetres. But he's got a picture that he's just printed out from the printer that he's stuck on an arrow and he's fired at her. It's like, we'll just print it out and go and give it to her. Why don't we just fired an arrow at her? Um, yeah. But I think that's to underline that he's a creepy shit. And then it, it turns out that, um, essentially, uh, Billy Drago's character runs a... Um, a yearly event called the Death Ring. I don't know why it's called the Death Ring. Oh, it's called the Death Ring because there is a ring for some reason, I think, that's called the Death Ring. But again, it, a, a piece of jewellery or yeah, a... Yeah, a piece, a... piece of jewellery, yep, that's stuck on Billy Drago's hand. But I think if they a person survives to get the ring, I can't remember. It's not really explained. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but essentially, he waves that ring around like you kind of see, you know, kind of Dr. Claw-esque on his finger all the time. And there's a yearly event where rich hunters come to the island to hunt a person, to hunt him down and kill him uh, for sport. So they're, you know, kind of um, apex predator. Oh, you think they're going to be apex predators. They're not really. They're pretty shit. Um, So essentially when we go back to the mainland and we kind of see um, 
uh, Chuck Norris, Chuck, it's not Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris's son, Mike Norris, yeah. in a in a with his lady and his best friend, um, you know, kind of chilling at home, um, and it feels like Mike Norris has got a bit of a kind of more of a kinship with his friend, and he, you know, he, he leaves the missus at home and fucks off to do some batting practice mm. with his best friend, which you think, oh, he's kind of. You know, he's, he doesn't want to commit, and he's kind of stuck with his friend. Then uh, we see a couple of dodgy blokes hanging around uh, with weird tattoos on their hands. I say weird; they're two triangles, so it's not really that strange. But you know, they keep right. um, they keep zooming on these tattoos of when they're on the phone and whatnot, and playing like spooky synth music to almost say, "Ooh, who are these people?" Uh, Norris gets kidnapped, his missus gets kidnapped, and uh, McQueen Jr. gets knocked unconscious and left. So essentially, it's a, there's a, then the plot goes into two strands. Uh, strand one is where we, we follow uh, Mike Norris on this island. He wakes up on an island with his lady. They get separated, um, and then he Mike Norris gets taken to... To this kind of dinner party sat down at the head of the table um, and then all these kind of besuited dodgy blokes come in and they quickly realise these are the contestants who are playing in the death ring to hunt down Mike Norris so he's meeting his captors or his kind of hunters for the first time and they've all got kind of gimmicks to them, there's one that's a Native, Amer- Native American uh, kind of hunter called Apache, which is not particularly, you know, uh, they've not really thought sure, of it. that's a very sensitive portrayal. Of... Dunk down this one. Um, <clears throat> there's one called Mr. Cross, who is quite angry. He's very angry. He is very angry, yeah. There's one called Iceman. Is he made of ice? He's not made oh. of ice, no. He isn't fire ice or anything. He's just called Iceman. Uh, there's one called Temple, who's like, uh, he looks a bit like John Saxon. Uh, he's like a bit okay. of a corporate shit. Uh, and okay. there's one called um, Mr. Chen, uh, who is kind of like a uh, Middle East, uh, um, uh, kind of Asian hunter, kind of. He, th- he, he, he kind of flashes a few ninja stars, so it's, uh, I think it's the hint he's kind of uh, ninja-esque in his, in his hunt. Okay. But they all look fairly old. They're all like hmm. 40s, 50s, old year old, so it's a bit like... Even from sitting down, you can say that there's no ma- there's not a physical match for this guy at the end of the table. Yeah, um, and then it obviously cuts to the to back to the states where um, McQueen Junior is woken up, patched his head up, and he's now hunting down the people who kidnapped um, Norris. He's found this tattoo. He's run around a bit and gone and got the aid of a policeman and he's basically in the process of tracking where his friend's gone. So the plot goes into that, those strands. And then his missus is kind of tied up for bait and then Billy Drago's character's walking around, being a bit creepy towards her. Um, he's got really small hands as well. That kind of, that kept distracting me. He's got really small little hands. I don't know if they were stunt hands. I don't. I don't remember specifically his hands being small in Shadow Warriors, but I don't know whether that's just because I wasn't paying attention, or whether the hands have been made small in post production just for this film. I think. I think so. I think he's. He's. Yeah. He had a hand double, a hand reduction operation. Maybe his hands are just very far away. Maybe they are. 
He just yeah. he, oh he had he had he's got two who never really seem to do anything. He's got kind of two sexy although dangerous looking. I think they're called. I'm pretty sure they're called Bambi and Thumper because he mentions it once. Kind of sexy female assassin types, but they don't really do anything. They just kind of stand right. in the background, looking like they should be in a Robert Palmer video. I think actually, um, Billy Drago looks a bit like a melted, horrific version of Robert Palmer. Yeah. Mike Norris' character is um, on the island, and he gets kind of set off. And then it's in turn it takes kind of all these kind of hunters go after him one by one. So you kind of see them following. You see their kind of warm up routine. So Apache is sat around a fire, dancing around, making lots of howly noises, which I don't think is very politically correct. Again, very sensitive portrayal of, of yeah. American. Um he's played culture. by an actor called Henry Kingy, who was uh, one of the kind of uh I think he was one of the uh, Colombians in Predator Two. He was um the mugger that Catwoman took down in Batman Returns. So he's kind of got a very yes, I know uh, character actory face about him. Yeah. Oh uh, uh, no, he's he's the guy on the roof of Predator Two at the start. That's correct. Yes, that's yeah. right. That's right. Um, he so he he kind of doing his chanting and dancing on the fire. Then we've got the Mister Chen who's meditating with kind of with a gong behind him and some smoke. <laughs> Jesus. Then the uh, American kind of uh, John Saxon character. Surrounded by hot dogs and he American just, flags? No, he, he just kind of walks around just kind of tutted and being really kind of passive-aggressive to everyone, like <laughs> going, oh, what are you doing sat down there, you prick? Uh, <laughs> is, that his, is that his gimmick? He's he, going to destroy them with passive-aggressiveness? Just a, yeah, his gimmick's just he's a, he's a, sh- just a schmuck. Um <laughs> Iceman is kind of working out in the gym, but he's kind of doing like uh, chest raises, but he doesn't like he's got any weights attached to his weights bench. He's just kind of doing it really fast um, in a vest. Mm. Um, and uh, Mr. Cross, who is played by uh, an actor called Branscombe Richard, who's kind of a Native American actor, he'd be seeing, again, he's another quite a good character actor. He plays a very angry Mr. Cross. Um, mm. And he, he he gets killed off at the table by Billy Drago's character. He kind of poo-poos the whole idea of the death ring and said, he comes up with a line like, I didn't even get sweat off my balls last time. So, you know, why am I doing this? Which is a bit like, Ugh, that's a, that's a bit, bit, bit of a horrible image. Mm. But Billy Drago basically stands up and just stamps on him to death, which is kind of no. quite graphic because kind of, he does it off camera and then you just get a zoomed close-up of Mr. Cross with his skull smashed in, which is, you know, it's quite graphic. They've clearly put I mean, a lot of script If he wasn't in. cross before... Yeah, bloody annoyed now. <laughs> anyway, he's dead. So he's not one of the hunters. So that immediately right. he gets taken out. Mm. But then we kind of get, you know, following one. So we, we have one scene where he's back out and he's getting kind of pursued by one... Um, one at a time and then we come back to the mainland where um mcqueen jr is starting to track down he's found a lead on the tattoo he beats a bloke up in a tattoo parlor he also has a fight with another henchman who wears a similar blue denim vest so there's one scene where they're fighting and i couldn't tell who was who because they looked exactly the same they both had slicked back hair uh, tattoos and a vest so it's a bit like oh I don't know what's happening here mm. um, it's a bit like the Michael Bay Transformers films where the Transformers start yeah. fighting you're like I had no fucking idea who's who here I don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it turns out that he tracks them down where um, the people are working for a cult but the cult 
uh, are against Billy Drago's character. So they've kind of like it's it, they, the Billy Drago and his henchmen have gone rogue from this cult. Um, and we just meet a really creepy fat bloke in a room with dark light who's uh, who get he gives the information to um, McQueen Junior, but in a very creepy, strange, almost kind of cultish way. Um, mm. And that's kind of a very odd scene. Um, and the, but then he gets the lead where this island is. So he he has his own helicopter company because obviously he's Sky Lord, um, yep. and he hops in a helicopter and heads to the island. He owns the skies. He's he, the, he's he's the Lord. A sky, Lord of the skies, like Michael Flatley is the Lord of the Dance. Um, yeah, he should be an action film, by the way. Just to put that oh, out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Michael Flatley, uh, Lord of the Dance, um, dance fighter, dance bastard. <laughs> um, <coughs> put a pin in that one. Um, yeah. Um, Next, uh, yeah. American <laughs> denim. American denim. Two dance bastard. <laughs> so he's on his way to the island in a helicopter. I mean, you know, it feels like I'm missing plot points out. I'm not. There's, yeah. there's you know, it's it's very quick scene to scene. Um, now <clears throat> he takes out Apache. Uh, Mike Norris's character takes out Apache very quickly. They have a bit of a roll around on the floor. Um, Apache set a few traps for him. Doesn't really work. He gets speared on the trap, and then he uh, Mike Norris finds the intercom and gets back to Billy Drago and says, "I'm coming for you now, dickhead." <clears throat> and then again, we just go into each scene when this this doesn't really change any kind of particular like location. It's just in the middle of a wood, and he just kind yeah. of fights various people. Yeah. Then he fights Mister Chen, who throws a lot of ninja stars. He goes toe to toe with Mike Norris, and in a in a fight, there's a lot of kicking, and there's a couple of decent moves in there. And Mr. Chen has some ninja stars, which is kind of amps the fight up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, they have a bit of a tussle, and Mike Norris comes out on top. Um, he gets back on the intercom to Billy Drago's character and delivers the line, Your Mr. Chen is now Mr. Dead. Which Brilliant. is, you know... Brilliant. Clap, clap, clap genius yeah <laughs> then norris is spending the night on the island. the night is falling he's still surviving and he, he manages to fall down a big hole which you think oh he's gonna fight a bear or some sort of mythical monster but then the little little faced swayze comes out of the dirt and it turns out like the sammy had in five children in it he just kind of comes up from the dirt his little face <laughs> and it turns out that last year he was, he the, was a mole man or he, something. He was. <laughs> last year, he was the uh, the prey um, for this right. game. And they thought they'd dispatched him, but he just hit I don't know why, but he hidden on the island for a year. He's <laughs> 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 just like... And even my Norris is like, you've been here for a year. You've not eaten anything for a year. What, what are you yeah. doing? Um, but then uh, Little Face Swayze is uh, he's like, right, I'm going to help team you up and, and get this bastard. <clears throat> and he kind of just ham- ambles along in the background, occasionally assisting with some gunfire and a little bit of, of that, but not really doing anything kind of further in the plot. Mm. And then essentially um, Mike Norris is up against the last two hunters uh <clears throat> iceman and the john saxon american Firestar. shit no. dickhead um now they they both kind of the uh the hunters both appear in the long grass spying their prey and they've realized now that little face swayze is alive so they're like oh two for one bang oh. 
And if only Mr. Cross was here alive to see this, he'd be furious. He'd be so angry uh, with yeah. his uh, sweaty balls. Uh, <clears throat> Billy Drago gets wind of the fact that he's alive, and he's like, "Get, you take him down." Um, and he's so been... just going to say, "Billy, Billy Drago gets wind." <laughs> he does, and he's getting his, his, his ladies patting him on the back and trying to get some wind up. Um, <laughs> And it, 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 it kind of finishes with him putting down the intercom and it, you know engaging in the kissing scene with this kind of Vietnamese uh, kind of lover slash you know muscle. Mm. But it's horrendously creepy. It, even mm. watching him in a kissing scene, it, it looks like it's horrible. It's it's very very disgusting. It's not you know I don't you don't think anyone could look creepier doing that scene and he manages it. Yeah, it's impressive. It's, it is it's impressive, but also, you know, a bit vomit in the mouth. Mm. And then Iceman goes to get him, and then uh, Saxon double-crosses him and kills Iceman. So, essentially, it's I, this uh, John Saxon shitty character against uh, Swayze and Littleface Swayze and Norris. Um, needless to say, they come out on top, and then storm um, Billy Drago's house, which he's got, all of a sudden, he's got, like, a little kind of tin pot soldiers that started appearing and get kind of taken out quite quickly and mm. then um, McQueen Jr. lands throws a few grenades out of the, the helicopter which I think is the explosions on the poster gotcha. scene so you know puff bash, puff, puff bash, bang lots of kind of explosions yep. on there uh, they land and then effectively confront Billy Drago so whilst uh, Swayze and his little face and McQueen Jr. are engaging the soldiers Mike Norris has gone into the compound, rescued his girl, and f- has a face-off with Billy, Billy Drago. Um, it's a sword fight, which, you know, kind of is, is fairly engaging. But it ends with um, Norris cutting Billy Drago's head off, um, nice. which you see roll to the floor, which is quite a nice actual kind of... They've clearly made a model of Billy Drago, or they've cut his head off in real life. Um but you know, it, but it's weird because when he rolls off in the distance, they have a long shot of it, and I kind of expected him to start blinking and the head to roll to one side and he carry on talking. And just before he fights Billy Drago's character, he he runs into the um, the kind of female assassin type character, Miss Ling. Um, so he he kind of fights Miss Ling. She's kind of got a kind of couple of spiky knuckle dusters on. Um, and he said, you think they're going to have a throw-down fight? He just basically grabs hold of her and throws her through a window, <laughs> which is, <laughs> uh, you know, it's quite it's quite amusing. He just kind of hurtles through a window. Um, so after he kind of takes up Billy Dragos, um, picks up his girl, and they go to the helicopter flown by Skylord. Yes. And then he turns he turns around and goes, you got a helicopter, I've just got to go check something. He runs back. Miss Ling pops out of a bush to fight him. He kind of gets... Uh, she jumps on top of him to starts hitting him in the face. And then uh, we see a gunshot from, from off screen and then Miss Ling get kind of hit in the head and she kind of falls off. It cuts back to kind of the Lauren, the girlfriend character. She's fired the gun. And then Mike Norris gets up and goes, right then, off we go. And it's a bit like... Well, what were you running back in there for? Did you know she was in the bush? Did you was you gonna grab you know grab something a head or something? So that didn't make any much sense. Yeah. Then they kind of fly off, um, and that's that's essentially it. I 
That's the oh, and uh, there's one little bit. They're in the helicopter. There's a shot in the helicopter. Mike Norris uh, holds up his hand, and he's got the death ring on. I don't know if that is if that's what he ran back in for, but he didn't enter the building to get it, so I don't really know how he got hold of that. Right. Um, and then he kind of turns back to the the female character, and they kind of chat, and he goes, "She went, oh, you got the ring?" And he went, "Yes." And then he goes to kiss her, so turns away from the camera, and it's almost like a pre-recorded voice over the top of the shot, and he goes. The death ring, <laughs> and then it cuts to <laughs> the credits, which is really strange. <laughs> so it's like, uh, ha ha, the death ring, and then the credits come up. Um, Sounds wonderful. It, and there's a post-credit scene as well. Um, it fades to black, and then it cuts to someone walking. So it's kind of a, a mid shot, but just of a pair of legs walking across the camera. And leaning the baseball bat against the wall, and then just walking off camera, and it cuts to that's it. So I don't know really what that means. <laughs> <laughs> is this baseball featuring at any point earlier in the yeah, film? Yeah, it's, it's essentially when he's he's um, left his missus to just before he gets kidnapped. They go to like a, it's almost like a batting range where they're just kind of hitting a few balls, but it doesn't really further the plot that's just where they get kidnapped so i'm not really sure why that's there since you mentioned it i've just had the most appalling thought when you said about them having made a model of uh billy drago where is this yeah. place set where is it where is this island or where is <coughs> do, do... so it, it, it's never really fully outlined we we, we it's, uh, it seems to be off the coast of california or mexico right so just imagine right it, you know it's it's we're we're in a world where we're allowed outside again, and you go, you live in 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 California, and you go out for a walk, and you think, oh, I just have a walk up the top of this hill, whatever, and then you think, oh, you know, I just kind of venture into the bushes, and in there you find a partially degraded mannequin <laughs> of Billy Draco, just like with like maybe like one eye missing and part of the face removed, and just like discoloured by the sun with like vines growing it would scare the shit out of you I reckon in California there probably is loads of them I reckon yeah. Billy Drago just he had like he just had a load of them made and he just kind of put them in various places yeah and <laughs> one of them freak people one up. of them's actually Billy Drago and you just have to determine which one's which <laughs> can I just imagine yep. that just finding his it's like you know seeing that footage of um the crinkly, bo crinkly bottom theme park that's been abandoned <sighs> Yes. And how terrifying that is. Again, for anyone uh, <laughs> listening who is either over, who wasn't alive in the 90s or lived in any other country other than Britain, um, Noel Edmonds, who featured as the villain in our uh, Wesley Snipes extravaganza Octagon of Feet, um, was a kind of uh, a radio DJ come uh, sort of Saturday night TV host who had a show called <laughs> Noel's House Party. Can't believe I'm explaining this. And the, the idea was sat in the uh, fictional town of Crinkly Bottom, which ah. suggests wrinkly, wrinkly arsehole. Yeah. Um, and which he was. Yeah. It is. And uh, he, um, such was the popularity, he funded a theme park um, uh, that was based around it, and it didn't do very well. And it's been abandoned. There's been some footage online of of people exploring the woods and kind of finding it. And there's all these kind of colourful, kind of almost like Whoville buildings, but degraded and, you know, covered in vines and stuff like that. Um, and it, Do you reckon Mr. Blobby's in there somewhere, like one eye hanging like out the Blair and Witch. all ripped and torn and like, blobby, blobby. And it's all like when he speaks, he's just really horrific, yeah. like his voice box has been severed. He's, he's constantly kind of coughing up a black sludge. Yeah. 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 But he's screaming blobby and he clearly is just distressed. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I imagine finding a, a a partially degraded mannequin of Billy Drago akin to that level of, of, of horror. On the other side note, I always think that, you know, again, deal or no deal. So for anyone not familiar with it, it's basically just, a, it's just people bobbing in boxes and just mm. guessing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, basically there was two parts of it. People would do it. And then um, to up the stakes, there was uh, Noel had like a Baker-like telephone that he'd answer. And it was someone called the banker who was kind of this evil overlord. Mm. I always think that there was no... The, the person on the other phone, he, he, Edmund's the only person who could hear and speak to him. Yeah. I always, in my head, think that's Mr Blobby. Yeah. So when he picked up the phone, he's just shouting, Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no Edmund's like, calm down, yeah. offer them £10. Yeah. And it's just someone shouting, Blobby, Blobby, Blobby. But Edmund's is just in his, in, his, in his deranged mind has taken this as or, someone or, called the banker. Or, or maybe Blobby... Like Noel Edmonds is now like a slave to Blobby, like he he just does whatever Blobby asks. He can understand. He's the yeah. only person that can understand him. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's not just you know part of that show. Like at random points, he'll get a phone call and it'll be Blobby just shouting things at him, offer him this. Yeah. I I just yeah. always assumed that Mr. Blobby was you know a big pink fat gimp that that Noel Edmonds had as some kind of possibly sexual slave but maybe the relationship around the other way maybe maybe Edmonds is the slave and uh, Blobby is the Blobby's the daddy but death ring anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's a it's, it's a it's a film I'll yeah. grant it that it's got the running time of a film yeah I, I imagine um, I... it's 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 fairly anemic cinematically. I imagine it's kind of looked like it's a, an episode of Walker Texas Ranger. Yes, everything's it, it on a tripod. Like everything's kind of there's there's very few like low angle <coughs> height. It's all just very straight and wide shots and yeah, pale yeah. lighting. I mean, apart from the you know the fairly good prosthetic and the the, the kind of rubber mm. Drago, which maybe he bought the set to himself. Maybe mm. he's got like a a lock up somewhere mm. full of these. Um, but actually, it was fairly entertaining. It, it, it wasn't. I'm never going to watch it again. No. Uh, <clears throat> I think I bought it on DVD for like seven p in a charity shop. So let's say we've got we've got Steve McQueen, Swayze, and Chuck Norris. Now I think those people are at very different levels. I would say that possibly Steve McQueen has reached a level of iconography that that transcends Chuck Norris definitely. So uh, I think like Swayze has obviously got this kind of, as we we spoke about at, at worrying length, the kind of raw sexual energy and magnetism to him. Yeah, good ass as well. <laughs> yeah, um, and Chuck Norris is kind of like a, a a hairy lump of wood, but there is a there is a an engagingness to the bluntness yeah. and kind of like yeah. So bear in mind, I think that Mike Norris has the least biggest boots to fill. Yeah. And Chad McQueen has the highest. Yeah. Who out of those three do you think comes closest to their, to um, uh, living up to their namesake? I think in terms of charisma, I don't. Little little rubber sways. He's not on screen long enough to kind of have any effect on the audience. I don't think he just yeah. kind of looks a bit like Patrick Swayze and pops out of a hole in the ground. Yeah, like the Samuels Gerns. And doesn't really do a lot, so yeah. I can. I think he kind of comes out the least uh, gold dust on him. Mm. Mike Norris does a fairly admirable job of being a leading man, but he, mm. 
I say leading man in a film of this ilk. He kind of yeah. he manages to just about carry the film, even though he's mm. very bland. But he looks bland, and he is a bit bland. So he 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 doesn't he gets a hard pass. So I think actually Skylord has got a bit of charisma from him. He's quite a, a handsome chap. He's mm. the one who has you know kind of. Uh, uh, a kind of uh, a lady who kind of appears and, and you know there's kind of a bit of chemistry and charisma there he kind of you know he comes at the end on a helicopter throwing grenades out of it so he for me probably gets you know he's probably gets for me the the, the most memorable part of it but okay. it's it's quite a low bar in this film right. to be fair well that's good to know that's good to know i don't think i'm gonna watch this film no i've you know, i don't think you need to because there's a film called Hard Target, which has got Jean-Claude Van Damme and John Woo, which basically sounds kind of the same movie, only yeah. significantly better, more enjoyable. Yeah. Although, doesn't Jean-Claude Van Damme wear a denim waistcoat in that film? Oh, he might do at some point. So there may he's be a theme. A, theme. He's there. got a weird mullet. Hasn't he's he? got a mullet, hasn't it? And he's doesn't he play like a? He's a, like from like a French Louisiana man. Yeah, his name's Chance <coughs> Boudreau. That's right. Yeah. So I think because his his mama took one when she had him. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Why don't you take your big stick and your boyfriend and find the bus to catch? Okay. He's my favourite line from that. Jean Claude. Um, Jean Claude. <laughs> Is he he's here with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think he's he wears a denim shirt and kind of like a long black thing over. I don't think it's a waistcoat. I think it's a shirt. But it, he does he does double denim in it. It's a denim shirt and. There you go. So maybe a theme. If you're on the run and you're being hunted, you've got to double down on double denim. Oh, I mean, this is it. <laughs> on the run, double down, double denim. <laughs> American <laughs> denim. <laughs> done and done. Um, okay, so uh, you know, between filming the between film between recording this and our previous podcast, we um, had a little break and we did um, the very hard Christmas, which uh, I hope you all enjoyed thoroughly. Which means that we haven't revisited the keywords we entered for on deadly ground. Ooh. So I thought I'd just update you as to going now again. We've encountered the firm hand of IMDb censorship. The iron hand. Of the six words we approved, they have declined one of them. Bastards. Can you remember, I know it's a long while ago, any of the keywords we entered for uh, on, on Deadly, Deadly Ground? Ground? Play along yeah. at home. Surely, didn't we have Michael Caine and a reindeer? Wasn't there one that linked to that? Uh, Cockney Texan. <laughs> Oh, that's right, was, yeah, yeah. Was approved. Good. As was Sex Quest. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know why we put... Oh, because he went on a vision quest and it was it yeah. was a pervy one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he was a bit... It was all a bit horny. Uh, man Essence. Yeah. Uh, smelly Reindeer. That's right, yeah. My Nuts. Because that's what a man shouts when... Oh, girl, <laughs> he gets... Yeah. Uh, ...accosts his genitals. So do you know what word did not... Get allowed on IMDb. So Man Essence and Sex Quest did. My Nuts did. But unfortunately, apparently, it did not meet... This word did not meet the contribution guidelines. And that word, that keyword was flappy tassels. <laughs> Damn it. Did not get allowed. How outrageous. Now, i tell you what. If I add some... Now, my pitch... You've not seen this film, so my pitch no. to you... I, I'm going to try and put four in. 
so um, okay. I'll see how we get on. So based on that, what what words sprang to mind, or what kind of things sprang to mind when I went through that film? I just cannot get out of my head the image of a terrifying Billy Drago mannequin. So can we put like terrible mannequin or something? Awful. Awful dummy. I'll put awful dummy. See you. See. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about disappointing relatives? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. What about uh, Mr. Dead? Because <laughs> I, like, I don't know why. Yes, I Mr. Mean. That is good. That is that is good. How about Lord of the Skies? I mean, Sky Lord's a stupid name to give. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's. I mean, it's a great name. If I, I mean, he's, you know, he's like Lord of the Skies. What? Because he's quite, you know, handsome and he flies a helicopter. What about sexy helicopter? <laughs> Se- sex chopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that definitely get blocked. Or how about like um, denim inferno, something like that. Something denim like... inferno, <laughs> I like that. Right, I think I'm ready to submit. That's what um, Noel Edmonds says to Mister Blobby every night. I think I'm ready to, to submit. <laughs> oh, Blobby, Blobby, Blobby! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time that we pitched something and i think whatever we do i think this should be entirely cast with shit relatives of action stars i mean that's now, the only idea i had i mean to be yeah. fair the mind was just like let's just cast it with people like you know, think oh he's got hit oh no it's his shit brother I, I think now is a perfect time after a, a fair absence uh dusting off the old action film title generator so uh i'm, I'm starting a, a up um <clears throat> ultimate waiters storm breakdance samurai teachers hands of the switchblade invader fast chef uh, implosive cop uh, exciting posse could be good okay that could be a good one um naked devils savage nuts um fatal outcast i like Ooh. apocalypse of the cyber renegade Raw, raw Gas, uh, Sex Shackles, Operation Karate Master, <laughs> Objective, Evil Owl. <laughs> yep, I like that. Dreadf- dreadful Insanity, Startling Fiddlers, Ninja Buckets, Rolling Cop, <laughs> Illegal nice. Rumble, uh, Year of the Horizontal Hero, Sexual Fighter Plane, Ten years at sex camp. Ten years at sex camp. Can you say that with your accent, please? <laughs> Ten years at sex camp. <laughs> <laughs> what, have been, what have you been up to recently, Nick? <laughs> Ten years at sex camp. <laughs> oh God, you look awful. <laughs> Minotaur affair. Oh. Kendo guardian. Kendo minotaur. <laughs> Kendo minotaur. Night of the Kendo Minotaurs. Oh, that's good. Overlooked Bears. Oh, Sumo Dimension. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> I've also got the Hot Geese. The Hot Geese. We're having that. That's it, Hot Geese. There's an ensemble piece. The Hot Geese. Yep. Which is Night like the Wild Geese. The, yeah, Night of the Kendo Minotaur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hot Geese. 
So the Hot Geese has got mm. to be the code name given to this crack team. Yep. Of I like the idea that they're that they only go into operation once every now and again, and they've all got very very different lives. Like one yep. might own or run a, a ranch. Mm-hmm. One might um, be like a successful businessman. Yeah. I like the idea of ones like running like a fashion show. So there's like he's like getting very panicky. He's got a clipboard. He's getting very panicky about lots of models getting dressed. Yeah. And whenever, whenever the call comes in, they're immediately just like, I'm off. Can one have uh, just a be like a a, a, a uh, either a steam rail enthusiast or a miniature rail enthusiast? Yes. He's got uh, a little. little Train driver's hat on. Yeah, but he's he's built this absolutely enormous like warehouse of just uh, this kind of model train town. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> we've got to, we've got to cast this. So are we gonna are we gonna do are we gonna mimic Death Ring and have three people, or are we gonna go for four? <clears throat> four, I think. Okay, so we'll do two each. I mean, to be fair, what we could do, we could start off with one that exists. So uh, Frank Stallone, Sylvester Stallone's brother. We could have him him in it. And then I think... I I, I like the idea of there being, like, Dolph Lundgren's, like, nephew or cousin who's who's really not in the same shape. But you need to describe what they look like as well because obviously, like, you know... Patrick Swayze's brother looks like a rubber rubber version of him. So what what could they look like? (laughs) I think this member of the Lundgren family... um, He's maybe a distant country. Maybe he's from a different part of Europe. Chechnya. <laughs> he's Chechen. <laughs> oh, that's good. I so immediately I was thinking like he's like an Oktoberfest beer drinking okay. German guy. But I like the idea of he's like Eastern European. He's got a um, a, a tracksuit like yeah. a, a red Adidas tracksuit. But he's in order to look more like his his cousin. Mm. He's bleached his hair. And got a really spiky 80s mullet. Okay. His name is Chesney Lundgren. Chesney Lundgren, yeah. Yeah. I like it. But obviously on the post, it's just Lundgren. Just Lundgren, yeah. So you've got Frank Stallone, Chesney Lundgren. Yeah. Uh, I've got one for you. So so we've got the East End hard man, Jason Statham. Mm. I'm going to... His brother is a smaller, fatter... Shitter looking Statham. He's still bald, yeah. but that's just kind of he's not done it in a sexy way. It's just kind of he's got hair at the side and just a big yeah. bald head. He's got a proper beer gut as well. Uh, and he works in an East London taxi firm. He's like the boss of uh, he dresses a bit like Del Boy from One of Phil's Norses. He's got a flat cap, a leather jacket, yeah. and a little kind of chain with his initial on it and kind of golf trousers. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of the uh, explosive expert in the team. Um, he, he's in, his name is in the film Gander, kind of like Gander Goose, and he he, right. he walks around going, "Let's have a gander." Love it, yeah. Um, and his uh, name in real life is um, what's a really? How about Terry? Terry's, Terry's a bit of a London. Terry Statham, yeah, I love <laughs> yeah. that. Terry Statham. So. What I'm, what I've decided is that I'm going to go one step even more removed. Is that the producers have gone out and they found someone who they think is related, but he's not at no. all. He's not even related. They've got the name wrong. So I'd like to cast <laughs> Barry Seagull 
as in the bird seagull, who they assume they think is seagull, but it's not. It's seagull. S e a g u double l. And he basically just lives like he's he lives in a small like town in Dorset. Um, and Does he, he look like, like Bill Oddie? Has <laughs> he got like a twitchy yeah, jerkin? And I think a bit a bit between. Uh, a bit between Bill Oddie and Ron Swanson from Parks and Recs, kind of Brilliant. just like he, he's an outdoorsy person, but just like a, a grumpy prick. He's got no acting ability, yeah. but just as bullshit his way. And those, can you do like uh, a keto and that? Yep, <laughs> yep. Show us. All right. And he just kind of waves his hands a little bit, um, and people fall over around him. But they didn't do their due, due diligence, and he signed on, and he's in a contract before they could do anything, so they just, yeah. just run with it. So um, we've got uh, Frank Stallone, yeah. uh, I, and I think he's the one that owns the ranch. Okay. So he's a prop. We meet him, kind of, you know, proper cowboy, sunset, it's magic hour, he's kind uh, of see, I dust think, in the air. I think he owns a ranch. I think you're right about mm. that, and he's he's got you know he's he, he, he the door opens, and you think he's going to walk out, but I think he's dressed like a 1970s New York bloke, like he's got a leather jacket, a roll neck jumper, mm. massive flares, and like a big perm, but yeah. he's got a ranch, so he doesn't look like a cowboy. He looks just like he's just walked off of a shit version of Saturday Night Fever. Maybe, yeah, maybe he hates the rock. Maybe he just comes out and goes, ah, oh, smells of horse shit. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that um, uh, Chesney Lundgren, <laughs> so he's he's obviously got a thick Eastern European accent mm-hmm. from where he's been living there. He's got a bright red tracksuit. Yep. Um, white trainers, white stripes down the sides of both the legs and the arms. A huge bleached, blonde, kind of spiky mullet. Um, he's very short <coughs> and very thin and also incredibly camp. And I think he's the one running the fashion show. I, I've, I've got a feeling that Barry Seagull is the, the guy who owns the train set. Yeah. Um, so it's just what do we want with um, t- Terry Stacey? <laughs> so he's, I think I say he's an explosive expert and he, he's got a fleet of London cabs at his disposal. So we're going to start with maybe like the cold open, but I think... This time it's whatever villainous plot is happening. Who's our villain? I've got, I've got a name, mm-hmm. all right. <laughs> because Frank Stallone's a singer, right? Yeah. So I want it to <laughs> to be like they both sing the theme tune, right? Yes. So it's Frank Stallone and the villain. But you know a Shakespeare Sister Stay video. Yeah. I want it to be like that at the end, so the video plays. Yeah. But the villain who sings on it is our bad guy, and it's set in Europe. But I want the villain to be Dennis Waterman. <laughs> For viewers who <laughs> live outside of the UK, there was a TV show on uh, in the eighties called Minder, that was kind of about a, a kind of London con man who would sell, get into all kinds of. Uh, semi-illegal capers and he had a friend uh, who was supposed to be a bit of a tough guy played by Dennis Waterman um, uh, and Dennis Waterman would also sing the theme tune and this became a running joke in a bunch of 
TV shows he did where he'd constantly sing the theme tune and was characterised in a, in a sketch show called Little Brin. He was also in um, The Sweeney with John Thor. Yeah. So he, he kind of had initially this, this reputation as a bit of a tough man. Even though never, he never really looked particularly tough. No, he just frowned a lot. Yeah. And um, he looks a bit like now, if you walked in a, in a, in a side street pub and there was a bloke by a jukebox who said... Oh, I used to have it all. He looks that kind of bloke who's yeah. just lost every all of his money in the, in the bookies, basically. Yeah. Uh, if if you're not familiar with the show, whichever country you're listening from, do yourself a favour, go on YouTube and look at the um, opening titles to Minder. Yeah. Great Hell theme up. tune. Um, great use of still photographs. Beautiful. Um, but I think great. he's the villain, and at the end they sing uh, like a you know like Shakespeare's just did kind of opposing. Yeah. See, fuck it. Let's they cover. The song "Stay" and they recreate yeah. the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm in. Um, I think, bear with me this, that Dennis Waterman mm. kidnaps the daughter of the President of the United States or a senator or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and he's ransoming him, ransoming her, and he has placed her in captive at the centre of a maze. Nice, I like it. And the maze is populated. By kendo people in their in their big armor with like the wired mask because that yeah. looked pretty cool. But to scare people off, they've got horns on the helmets, and that's yeah. why they're the kendo minotaurs. Yeah. Um, um, and and Dennis Waterman's character is Greek. Yes, exactly. He's um and he walks around in uh, like a toga. Yeah. And he's kind of lives like he's in ancient Greece. He he's got lots of stuff. Um, his 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 palatial estate he calls Olympus, yeah. and he lives like Zeus. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's his his name, Mister Zeus. Mister Zeus. Yeah. And can he have a henchman called um, Dick Poseidon, who <laughs> is constantly in the swimming pool? Dick Poseidon and Barry Kraken. <laughs> <laughs> Who both, yeah, both <laughs> kind of come out of the water. Yeah. And I think all the women who are kind of splayed across all, you know, all the kind of marble, basically all look like East End. They've got big blonde bleached hair. Yeah. And they all, they all look a bit like, you know, I imagine, you know, Barbara Windsor to look in the 70s. They yeah, leopard like print. Yeah. Beehives. Uh, the haircut, not... They, they... <laughs> Living beehives. <laughs> They're not beekeepers. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so yeah, so he's got this kind of hedonistic, kind of Greek-themed mountaintop retreat. Yeah. Deep in the mountain is a deadly maze full of yeah. traps and kendo-practicing martial arts masters with horned helmets. So we open with the senator's daughter being kidnapped mm-hmm. um, and taken aboard his private jet, which is called the Pegasus. She, like, gets bung- bundled into the jet uh, that's on the tarmac, and he turns around in a seat, wearing a toga, um, and he's like, "My dear, allow me to take you to the the home of the gods, or whatever." And he laughs yeah. theatrically. Yeah. Hot geese flies at the screen. Yeah. And it's made like it. The hot geese is made to look like it's made out of like solid steel. Yes. Followed by night of the kendo maze of the kendo Minotaur. maze. Isn't it? Yeah, that's right. And then we cut to. Um, Frank Stallone 
getting out of uh, we, all this kind of romantic Americana of the ranch and yeah. him walking out in a suit, kind of like um, Ray Tango. Yes. Um, and stepping in some horse shit. <laughs> yeah. And then he gets a phone call and he's like, what is it? It's time for the... You just hear this voice. It's time what? for the hot geese to fly. That could be another brother. That could be a, kind of the person who puts them together could be another relative. Yes. I'm thinking Kurt Russell's brother-in-law. <laughs> Can he be called Russell? <laughs> Russell Russell, yeah. <laughs> Russell Russell. Uh, who looks like Russell Grant. Russell. So he, Russell Russell, which is Kurt Russell's brother, looks like Russell Grant, who's a kind of portly uh, fella who does horoscopes in the UK. Yeah. Again, for those people living outside the UK, um, <laughs> He he gets the call and he's like, I'm off. And um, he gets in his car and drives off. Then we cut to um, Chesney Drago. So uh, what's what's um, Frank Stallone's character called? I think there should be a bland name. You reckon? Um, yeah, like... like um, I, What was his name? I can't even remember what... I can't even uh, remember what Chuck Norris's brother's name is. It's so boring. Let Mike, alone the Mike boring... Mike Norris, yeah, yeah. All right, so Norman. Norman. <laughs> Norman Cramp. Cramp, yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's not one cramp. But then we go to Chesney Lundgren, and I think everyone else should have really sexy yeah. names. Yeah. Um, so, Chesney Lundgren is called Roderick Pizzazz. Yes, Roderick Pizzazz. And he's having a full meltdown, directing, you should be wearing this, and you should be here, and there's lots of kind of women in elaborate dresses and, like, um, geometrically shaped hats running around. Then the phone call cut. He's got a headset. Phone. He goes, "Hang on," and he puts his head to the phone. He's like, he just drops his clipboard and marches off. And there's a. He's got like an assistant who's now got like dresses over each hand, and she's yeah. just like, "What am I doing?" And he just walks out. Yeah. How uh, can he? Here's a catchphrase when he's shouting at all these women and saying, yeah. "Make this right." I'm, I'm, yeah. And he's catchphrase something like. Um, You've got a spray of pizzazz on you now when he puts the yes. dress on. And he uses that all the way through the film. He's got, oh, he's got a spray of pizzazz. Yes. Or I sprayed my pizzazz all of it or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this, you know what this needs? A touch of pizzazz. Yeah. Um, what's uh, Terry Statham's character's name? Um, Leopold. <laughs> Leopold Whirligig. <laughs> Okay, um, and so he's is he is he? Uh, I like the idea that he's on the phone. He's like on the in the operations center talking to all the cabs. And he's got one of those. He's got like a deal on audio Bakelite phone that he picks up. And yeah, he's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and he's like, what? And he puts the phone down. And then we cut to all these cabs kind of stuck in traffic in all yeah. different directions. They're all like throwing their hats on the bonnet and like shaking their heads because yeah. he's left a mess. And. Uh, <laughs> Barry Seagull, who's not related to Stephen Seagull, um, who's a kind of portly, moustached kind of kind of man who wears tweed trousers and open back gloves and yeah. has a pair of binoculars. Owns full, a pair of binoculars. Full twitches jerking with like yeah. kind of cotton and and fish hooks going in out the pockets. Yeah, yeah. His character's name is Dirk Manifold, <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> He is so devoid of any talent. Like, I'm not even talking about charisma. He doesn't even know how to hit his mark, yeah. where to look in the camera. I like the idea. Every now and again, he looks, his eyes, he's always flicking to direct the camera. 
<laughs> he he pops his head out behind. So we do this thing where we have like shots of the train, and it's supposed to look like it's real, but mm. isn't it? And then his head pops up with a vacant look on it, and then he pretends to get something in his ear, and then he just stands up and just walks <laughs> through the train set, just claps around him directly off to camera, yeah. like the straightest line yeah. ever. <laughs> And you just see him throughout the film just wandering onto shot accidentally <laughs> and then walking backwards. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. At one point, he's, he's eating his lunch that he's picked up at craft services. Yeah. <laughs> so, Norman Cramp, Roderick Pizzazz, Leopold Werlegig, and Dirk Manifold are our hot geese. Yeah. And they're called together by Kurt Russell's brother-in-law. Russell Russell. Who, in this, is called... Oh, uh, Clement. Just goes by one name. And he's kind of like uh, Charlie from Charlie's Angels figure. Yeah. Um, and he goes, welcome, hot geese. It's uh, time to take flight. And they're like, what's going on? And he... Uh, and he goes, the only way in is to uh, parachute you in. You must navigate the undergrowth, uh, enter the maze, rescue her. They all high-five. <laughs> Can, uh, can Russell Grant kind of the, the projector goes off and he's for some reason he's kind of he's got a kimono and those kind of gaseous geisha shoes on mm. and a kind of big bun haircut and yeah. he kind of sits there and goes my plans together and he kind of sits back but he sits back a bit too far and the wheel of his chair goes over the lip of it <laughs> <laughs> <and> he just falls <laughs> falls yep. ass over to take down this hole yeah <laughs> and I like the fact that Barry Seagull is so kind of like out of his depth. He's brought with him uh, a disposable camera. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is not in the film. He's taking pictures of his of his time on a film set. And so every now and again, you can just see him winding it on in the background. Or there's always the sound <laughs> of a thing clicking. And when Russell Grant falls over, he actually just on camera in the background just takes a picture with an instant camera yeah. um, and winds it on. Um, <clears throat> then they all high five. And they head off in a seaplane. And this is where we have some banter. Mother Goose. That's called Mother Goose. Mother, Mother Goose, Goose, yeah. yeah. Um, and on the on the side of it is painted three golden eggs. Oh, Russell Grant's character could be called Mother Goose. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, they're flying the golden egg. Yeah, that's Which it. Which is a metaphor that doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. No, no uh, sense whatsoever. Can, and the plane is gold. It's painted uh, gold. Oh, yeah. No, it's made of gold. It's all gold. <laughs> Um, it, just, and so, it flies like four feet off the ground because it's too heavy. Um, and Frank Stallone is the only actor there that's got any real acting experience, any charisma, and he's got to kind of hold this kind of predator-style team banter mm. together. Um, and it doesn't go very, very, very well at all. So I think that. Um, Norman Cramp's kind of approach is very businesslike. He's he's the business guy. He's the yuppie yeah. guy. He's very stylish, and he's like the plan is we'll parachute in, but I'm going to go direct to Olympus. I'm going to worm my way in. Yep. Um, and uh, you guys need to take out the Kendo Minor tours in the maze. And Roderick Pizzazz, in a thick Eastern European accent, says, "Yep, I'm going to sprinkle some of my pizzazz on it." Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Leopold's like. Uh, 
Yeah, well, you know, I'll have a good old gander down there. Um, <laughs> yeah, he sat at the back with like a big cup of like coffee, like from like clear from like one of those dodgy vans and a bacon yeah. sandwich. And, and a, he's and just a polystyrene cup. Yeah, polystyrene cup. And he's just really fat. I know he just looks like a bloke who sat, you know, literally about to drive a taxi. He's like, yeah, I'll have a gander down there, see what's going on. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stallone's like, well, of course, when we get to the martial arts, it's over to you, Dirk and Dirk Manifold. Karate! <laughs> Just shouts the word karate. Yes! Ken, and he's wearing a karate gi at this yeah, stage. Absolutely. That's what he's doing. Ken, um, Ken, so they all have roles. So um, Leopold uh, is basically the explosive expert. Mm-hmm. So he knows about detonating stuff. I think uh, Pizzazz is the guy who who can get like the outfits from Get Me in Disguise. But yeah. his his idea of uh, camouflaged outfits are ridiculous. Yeah, because he's he's spent a lot of time in the fashion world. Yeah, so basically, like the camouflage, he basically says, "Right, no, you know, I'm not going to give you camouflaged outfits." And he's got like coats that are made of tree. Right, yeah. put these on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's hollowed out hollowed out trunks. Yeah. Tree trunks and they have to put their legs in them. There's, there's no knee joints. They're no. just stomping around. <laughs> um, and so then they parachute out. Yep. And um, now, obviously, the plane's on the ground when they shoot this. Um, the parachute, sorry, can the parachutes have pictures of Russell Grant on them? So when they inflate, it's just Russell Grant just gurning. Yep. <laughs> um, but obviously, you know, poor Barry Seagull doesn't realise. <laughs> And so when when they when the light goes green, they start to jump out. He starts to look very scared, uh, um, and is just shaking his head in the background. Um, then they cut some stock footage and parachuters, um, and then they parachute in. Norman Cramp, played by Frank Stallone, unzips his kind of military suit, and under there is a, is a tight kind of eighties yuppie suit. He's got a briefcase, black leather gloves, um, and he puts on some kind of. You know, like the faded sunglasses that yep. go from black... He's got those on. And he heads off up to, to Mount Olympus yep. to meet Dennis Waterman. <laughs> um, whereas the others take their suits off and, you know, um, Dirk Manifold is in a in a karate gi. Uh, Roderick Pizzazz um, is in a very fetching kind of modern military stuff. And Leopold's still in his kind of sheepskin jacket and flat cap. Yeah, and, and he's still of... got a polystyrene cup of tea, <laughs> which he keeps hand. sipping and putting down, <laughs> just kind of <laughs> Yeah, and a and a like a half-eaten pork pie. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. So they're gonna trek across the 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 undergrowth. Um, meanwhile, I think we should have a demonstration of Dennis Waterman's evilness at this stage. Yeah, I think so. So he's got a a, a kind of. Um, a diminutive assistant yeah. who wears like a little curly blonde wig, yeah. Caligula wig, and I got a little <laughs> loincloth, but it's got a bow and arrow. Yeah. Um, and he's, Waterman's having a meeting with someone who designed the maze. He's like, you know, the maze is designed, it's full of deadly traps. Um, I'd like you now to pay me. And Dennis Waterman says, I am Zeus, I don't pay for anything. I, you know, you should offer this to me as tribute. And he's like, what? <laughs> you're you're an East London bloke in a toga, um, and Waterman's like, Eros, um, show this man the meaning of love. And Eros just fires an arrow into him, and he yeah. staggers back off the balcony and crashes to the ground. Yeah, 
Um, and Frank Stallone's Norman Cramp sees it and kind of just adjusts his tie and knocks on the door Brilliant. and goes in. Um, and Dennis Waltman's very pleased to see him. And he's kind of trying to ingratiate him. And, and Frank Stallone's Norman Cramp, he's trying to be like a, uh, an entrepreneur that's trying to get in on the business and try and sell him uh, some way to monetize his maze. Like, would you hire your maze out to other uh, radical organizations to use it yeah. as a place to ransom from? <laughs> there's an entry there's a there's a steel cage blocking the entrance to the maze and a couple of guards and they decide that well obviously Dirk Manifold has to go and um beat the guards up yeah plant the explosives so that Leopold can blow yeah. them but how is Dirk Manifold going to approach them well uh he's going to be disguised as a rock <laughs> Roderick Pizzazz whittles him out of uh, material like a rock shape that yeah. he's kind of so his arms and legs are out and he's there's a hole for his face. I just think two eyes, like two just circles. <laughs> yeah. And he has to kind of walk, and when they look, he kind of pulls his arms and legs in and he drops to the ground like a rock and and gets up. And of course, you know, Barry Seagull is not used to this, so he falls over every now and again. <laughs> Um, and at one point, it, it kind of gets turned around, so he's he's not got any eye holes anymore, and he's walking into yeah. the sea and all sorts. <laughs> yeah. um, so it takes ages for him to get there. And then when he does, he kind of bursts out of the rock. Um, and again, at this point, the producers are well aware he can't do any martial arts or barely kind of walk. They've hired two really good martial arts stuntmen who do lots of kind of showy-offy stuff and some high kicks. <laughs> and, and they just basically push Barry Seagull towards them yeah. and he kind of flaps his hands and they do a somersault onto the ground yeah. and there's loads of sound effects and every now we cut back to um, uh, Statham's Terry Statham just to kind of accentuate making like really uh, exaggerated kind of faces like Whoa! like that's amazing like sipping his tea yeah he's spitting his tea out and sipping it again what about like he's Dirt Manifold's fighting, but like doing this, he is he's kind of shot from the other person. He's doing all yeah. this, but then it cuts back to like the, just a studio somewhere, and it's clearly like there's curtains in the background, and it's just two people arms fighting <laughs> and kicking against each other. Yeah. Then it cuts back to him kind of like karate chopping. They occasionally cut to a wide shot, and it's a clearly much thinner, much taller yeah. martial arts stuntman doing a really good kick, and it just yeah. cuts back to him kind of just almost doing like <laughs> robot dance. Um, yeah. And looking a little bit concerned that he's he's bitten off more than he can chew yeah. by taking on this job. Um, and then he plants the bomb and runs away. Um, and as he runs away, his trousers fall down, obviously. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. Um, poor Barry Seagull. And then uh, <coughs> Statham uh, takes one gulp, more gulp of his polystyrene cup. And he put no, he holds it in his mouth. Yeah. So he's made like a little bird beak. And then he pulls out two detonators. Yeah. Uh, he's like, have some of this sunshine, <laughs> and hits them down. Um, and uh, Pizzazz has got his fingers in his ears, and the steel thing blows. And it blows uh, Dirt Manifold, like, complete. He's not prepared for this, and they've forgotten yeah. to tell him they put a shitload <laughs> of explosives. He just, he seems to just get blown across <laughs> across yeah. the sea. And he, and he shits himself. <laughs> yeah. And he's now deaf in one ear. <laughs> Yeah. So he can't hear any of his any of his cues or anything like that, or any of the lines the direct the no. other directors are saying. So occasionally he'll just come in midway through someone else's line. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes with lines, sometimes just saying like "help." <laughs> yeah. Or just karate. <laughs> <laughs> or 
you want me here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, obviously, the explosion has alerted those up at the top of Mount Olympus that something going on. So, Waterman runs out and <laughs> says to uh, Dick Poseidon, uh, I think we need to send someone down there. And Poseidon's like, oh, is it time? He goes, yes, release the Kraken. Um I think it might be Larry Kraken because we've already got Barry yeah. Seagull. So release Larry Kraken. <laughs> and Larry Kraken is a, is a guy. I mean, he's not like out of shape, but he's not. He's kind of like um, Sean Connery in Never Say Never Again yeah. or Zardos. Like yeah. he's not out of shape, but he's not in shape. No. And he's got a green Speedo, mm-hmm. but he's he's shackled to Dick Poseidon. Yeah. And Dick Poseidon hits the chain with his trident mm. and... Larry Cracker just runs off into the bushes. Um, and Waterman turns to Frank Stallone and is like, now you'll see the true power of the gods. Can Larry Kraken be played by Pat Roach's brother? <laughs> yeah. Pat, no, Pat Roach's dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he was, he was a, a wrestler before his son. Yeah. Um, and um, he was uh, known as... Arthur the Cock... Cockroach, and he basically just came in the ring in a giant cockroach outfit. Yeah, yeah. so he runs off into the bushes, um, wearing his saggy green speedo. Yeah. Um, so then our our three heroes win, and they're gonna meet the first of their of the kendo minotaurs. And I like the idea they go into an opening, and there's some blue light, and then like dry ice comes out. Yeah. And, and synth, uh, some synth music. Yeah. And then uh, a guy in kendo outfit with a stick and horns attacks them, and yeah, it, I mean it's it's not particularly greatly staged, um, and and pizzazz uh, kind of rolls around out the way kind of thing. Leopold still got his tea, and Terry Statham can handle himself. Yeah, I mean he's he's from London, uh, but unfortunately, you know he's he although he's clearly more adept, it's up to old Barry Seagull to take on the karate stuff. So they've given him a stick. And he's kind of, just kind of almost prodding it like he's got a broom and he's trying to dislodge a spider from the corner of the room. Yeah. And and this guy's doing all kind of crazy kind of kendo shit and shouting. And uh, Barry Seagull's just kind of like prodding him. Um, <laughs> get off, then, get off. Yeah. In the end, uh, um, Leopold just to get to take out a machine gun and shoot him because it's getting very boring <laughs> very quick. Yeah, he's got like a really old pistol. Like a, yeah. you know, like a... I was some sort of like World War Two like pistol that he just takes yeah. out and shoots shoots the guys. Yeah. Now um, at this point, Waterman gets wise to to Norman Cramp and he's like, "Do you think me a fool?" And he's got cameras in the maze and he's watching it live and he kind of ties up Frank Stallone. Can can at this point actually instead of the end credits. They break into the, their cover version of "Stay" by Shakespeare's sister. So they literally stop yeah. and they just have a, like a sing battle to each other. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just no. Like... That's that's it. No, Sloane's like. So I think it's time I, I I go, and he's like, no, 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 and the door's locked. And he goes, I want you to. Yeah. <laughs> and then they chain him up. Um, the heroes are making some progress through the maze, and then mm. old Dick Kraken comes in, and. This is a wrestling-themed fight that's very much like the old ITV wrestling. Yeah. Um, so middle-aged, out-of-shape men, 
um, kind of rolling around on the floor kind of thing. And it's all shot like it's a wrestling match. So there is a kind of space in the maze that's, that's square yep. shaped. And there is like two cameras, one down by the side, one really wide. And it's just shot in a single take. And it's just, you know, you know, the old Boston Crab and the old kind of moves. Nothing particularly spectacular. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, Barry City goal. Uh, I think um, uh, Pizzazz, uh, Roderick Pizzazz maybe throws some like glitter in his face and yeah. he's blinded. Yeah. And then, uh, um, you know, Dirk Manifold um, does a karate kick and he basically just almost like kicks him in the shin. Yeah. But then we cut to another angle and the guy's on a wire and gets pulled straight out of the ring, like really, really far. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> but then they're trapped and Waterman's like, you know, this was all part of my plan. And then they start, there's like a trash compactor thing starts to yeah. crush in. Um, and Barry Seagull thinks this is all real now. He, he's he's really confused and he's starting to kind of cry and whine a little bit. So in every shot in this, he's just stood bolt upright with his little uh, portable camera just kind of going, while the others are actually acting. Um, and they've tried to cut around him, um, but, but unsuccessfully. Um, and it's at this point that we think all is lost. But Norman Cramp... He's he's always one step ahead. You see, he's a grifter, and yeah. he's he's played Mortman or Mister Zeus, um, and he's had got a beacon that he's fired. And yeah. what does that mean? That suddenly over the horizon in a helicopter comes Russell Grant, Mother <laughs> Goose, who just starts lobbing grenades out the helicopter. Yes. Yeah, and people are he's getting got, blown he's off. Bl- he's got a blunderbuss that fires grenades. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> All the people are like flying off the balcony from the explosions. He leaps out of the helicopter, lands on his feet. The helicopter crashes off behind. You know that thing where the helicopter goes behind some trees yeah. and there's yeah. a ball of flame. Uh, and he pulls out a machine gun and he's shooting everyone down. And he fires and fires through the handcuffs on Frank Stallone's mm. thing. Now, Waterman has pressed a button and a secret passage has opened. And um, Stallone chases him through that. So... Russell uh, Grant's just fucking everyone up at this point. Yeah. And he gets in a fight. He pulls out, he pulls off like an ornate samurai sword for the war and has a fight with Dick Poseidon's trident. Nice. Uh, which is so much better than anything else. At this point, Stallone's pressed the button to stop the, the crushing device. Yeah. They escape. Um, they get to the chamber where uh, the daughter of the senator's being held. Yeah. But by that point, uh, Waterman's down, he's got her and he's got a gun to her head so now the four hot geese are um, together Nice. now what could make this film even better at this point maybe Waterman's actually got a real minotaur I was thinking that, or Medusa just yeah <laughs> just, yeah. yeah or how about it's his hydra which is a seven headed serpent he's got seven sexy women each one of them is the head of the Hydra. Nice. All right. Yeah. And whenever you kill one, two more grow back. Yeah. All right. Um, so it's just all these kind of blonde women attacking them. Yeah. And Barry Seagull <laughs> is clearly very confused now because he's very scared, but he's, he's slightly sexually aroused by this whole thing. I don't think we see him after this shot. There's a shot where we see him for the last time and he kind of wanders off set and we don't see him ever again. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. 
he, he, literally never seen again. He wandered off towards the sea, yeah. and people think he may have just wandered into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then... oh, 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 Leopold uh, Whirligig just pulls out his gun, but he fires it, and it's so loud. Like he's actually got a, a firing pistol in it. It's so loud. He stood right next to, um, and he just his other ear that he wasn't definitely explosive. <laughs> yeah. He literally just scares the shit out of him, and he just bolts it and runs off. Yep, You're like a horse. Yeah, that's been get startled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leopold and Roderick are fighting off the sexy women. Frank Stallone um, gets the Senate's daughter to drop and he punches. He does some Rocky-style punching yeah. against Dennis Waterman. And Dennis Waterman, in Minder, played next boxer. Yeah. So there's a kind of choreographed boxing match kind yeah. of fight with traditional kind of boxing moves. Um, and I think, like Billy Drago, I think Stallone should punch Dennis Waterman's head off. Yes. Um... And once that's gone, the the Hydra women just kind of give up and wander off. They just yeah. wander off into the darkness, um, and they bundle the girl back onto uh, another helicopter that Russell Grant is fire is is flying. Um, he's fucked up, Dick Poseidon. Dick Poseidon's yeah. impaled on his own trident. They off they go. The house blows up behind them. Yeah, and. Um, maybe something along the lines of like uh, Russell Grant should say something like. Um, well, I'm glad all that's gone, and like Stallone's like, well, I kept one souvenir, and he's got like a a golden lightning bolt or something yeah. that he stole, um, and then he looks at the camera, and everyone laughs. Yeah. Freeze frame. Yeah. Credits, and yeah. then maybe we should have a mid credit sequence. Yeah. There's something entirely related, unrelated. Yeah, it could be um... someone hanging up a pair of ice skates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, or. Uh... A cornetto melting. <laughs> just a bowling ball hitting some skittles. <laughs> yeah. It's just a shot of like a wide shot of like a, f- a field in this island, and in the distance you just see uh, Barry Siegel just wandering around, just looking around, <laughs> checking a map, and then just cuts. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but then, um, and it says hot geese will return. In overlooked bears. <laughs> Uh, indestructible underdog, American bastards, hot geese too, arse magnums. <laughs> That's good. I was going to say the return of King Tut. <laughs> just, just something really, really vague. The curse of King Tut. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's Love uh, it. and it just it's a very quick shot of uh, uh, someone sat at a table, uh, and he's got like head like a like a sphinx, like a big kind of like pyramid yeah. on his head and it's um Kirk Douglas <laughs> yes Kirk dressed Doug- as a, <laughs> dressed as the sphinx, the sphinx with Kirk Douglas's face yeah perfect and, and it cuts to the desert yeah and it pans up and there's the sphinx yeah but it's Kirk Douglas's face yes and it pans around and Kirk Douglas is there and he's like finally and then it just <laughs> <laughs> they will return in <laughs> the curse of King Tut. Never got shot. Never got made. <laughs> justice. 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 Well, it's difficult because I think um, you should be telling me what lessons I should learn from Death okay. Ring. All right. Um, or what I should do. So, yeah, what what would I... How would Death Ring enrich my life? What, if I was out wanting to seek justice from the world, what, what would Death Ring give me? 
I think if you're essentially it's just like a survival guide. So if you're on an island, mm. um, just run around a lot, but also try and fall down a hole because more likely than not, you'll find the relative a shit relative of an action star to help you. So it might yeah. be, you know, Chris Schwarzenegger or um, Tommy Willis, yeah. um, Colin Van Dam, someone like that. Yeah, Benny Weathers. Benny Weathers. <laughs> He's in uh, Hot Geese too, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. Benny <absolutely>. Weathers. <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. I, I think as well, based on what you've said, and I will take this to heart, is if that you ever really get into any trouble, like a difficult situation... Bury yourself for a year. Yes. Poke your head out later on. <laughs> Probably everything will be fine. Make think... no attempt to escape. So uh, and until next week, I have been Roger Diplom and uh, <laughs> I'm opposite, opposite who? Reginald uh, Visage. Reggie Reg- Visage. Um, the brothers of crime-fighting duo Dick and Dom, which I'm still really pissed off we've called ourselves that. Yeah. Our parents, our French parents have called us that. Damn them. Goodbye, everyone. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs>